Hi, I'm Mona Chattel, and you're listening to On the Pulse, a podcast from the Johns Hopkins School of Nursing. On this podcast, we take a deep dive into the experiences of frontline providers and researchers. We explore their insights and invaluable stories of how healthcare works in today's world. This month, I'm excited to welcome Dr. Lucine Francis to the show. Lucine is a public health nurse and researcher focused on identifying ways children from vulnerable communities can be provided with the best environments to ensure health and well-being. Currently, Dr. Francis seeks to understand the role of early care and education settings in child health and learning. Her work is supported by the NIH and the Johns Hopkins Center for Health Disparity Solutions. It's great to have you here, Lucene. Thank you for having me, Mona. So Lucene, as I referenced in the intro, you're a public health researcher and your work is really based in local community. And for us, that means here uh, in Baltimore. Yeah, yeah sure. Yes, in Baltimore, I might, uh, a lot of my work um, thus far has uh, been focused in Baltimore with the hopes of sort of using Baltimore as a model to expand uh, both locally and globally. So you focus uh, a lot on fighting uh, childhood obesity and also helping children who are from vulnerable communities uh, for them to have access, right, to the best possible environments. Uh, Can you tell us a little bit about about this and sort of lay the foundation for what you do and why it's important and, you know, particularly here in Baltimore? Yeah, sure. You know, the majority of our young kids uh, attend childcare settings. You know, um, there are a lot of working families who rely on childcare facilities uh, so that they have, you know, childcare while they go to work. And so since they spend uh, the majority of the working day in childcare facilities, I thought it would be best to focus on this setting and to make sure that um, the childcare environment uh, cultivates a culture of health where children can learn and that they can thrive and um, experience health. So um, the way I address childhood obesity is through working with childcare providers since they see the kids during the majority of the working day. Mm-hmm. Great. Um, you know, uh, so, th- so this is not just a Baltimore. This is useful for um, kids nationally and maybe even um, globally uh, and it's potentially helpful uh, everywhere. W- w- you know, one thing that we hear about uh, regarding children and health and obesity is screen time. Oh, yeah. So what, what, can you, what, what can you tell us about, you know, how prolonged screen time affects young children and, you know, um, and I think it's, you know, maybe really important as we've seen this year in particular. Right, right. You know, we've, we've used, you know, screens more, myself included. I've watched way too much Netflix, but, um, <laughs> yeah. You know, what, what, what do you think the uh, significance is of, of prolonged screen time, especially f- for children? Yeah, so, you know, pro- we are encouraging children to have active playtime. And if their screen time is prolonged, it's cutting into uh, their active playtime. And it's also cutting into their sleep. And so, yeah. you know, the Academy... Um, Uh, the American Academy of Pediatrics, along with the World Health Organization, they have set some guidelines around screen time. So uh, infants less than one year obviously should not 
be having any type of screen time, right? Mm -hmm. uh, they should be focusing on being physically active, being in the prone position, having, you know, a lot of tummy time on the floor. Um, and, you know, sh and they should be really active. Activity is even relevant for infants. Once they start getting older, you know, when children start getting one to two years of age, they mm -hmm. really should also be thinking about uh, activity, but not only activity, um, uh, they should also be thinking about intensity, right? They should at least have 180 minutes in different types of activities at any different types of intensities. Um, they really should be limiting screen time. Um, uh, and, you know, the recommendation is less than one hour is best, but less is better, okay? Yeah, they yeah. really shouldn't be... Then you get into the pre-toddler, the, the preschoolers. And this is where there's a lot of uh, concern. Um, we see that they should still have active physical activity with different intensities, but the three to four-year-olds are increasingly increasing their screen time, which is not good. Mm -hmm. um, they should have no more than one hour of screen time. And you have to remember, sometimes, you know, parents, providers, they can't fully supervise children on the, the phones or on the screens. It, it, the children may be exposed to a whole host of uh, alarming things like violence, uh, sexual content, mm -hmm. um, negative stereotypes, substance abuse, um, advertisement that's aimed to the children, sort of like showing them unhealthy foods and so forth. And then, you know, having too much screen time lead to sleep problems, um, uh, lower school readiness, um, weight problems, you know, mm -hmm, obesity, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. food issues, uh, you know, and, and what we call as adults FOMO. Kids also have FOMO, <laughs> yes. fear of missing out. Let me yes, tell you, the, yes. the FOMO is real. I have yes. a six-year-old, I have a six-year-old who just discovered Garfield. On, on YouTube and you can tell like she needs to know the next episode what happens is like she has this FOMO like this fear of missing out she wants to yeah. know what's next so it's real it's real yeah. and so we ought to really uh uh be serious about screen time but at the same time like you mentioned the pandemic mm -hmm. uh the pandemic um has caused us to um really rely on digital means to help uh, support our children in their, you know, not, not being able to go to school, not being able to, to go outside or to go to their play dates. So the screen time has gone up. What advice do you have for parents and childcare providers to, to help with that? Well, um, creativity is the key. Um, uh, yeah creativity. So there, we have what we call fixed play equipment and we have portable play equipment. I actually went into a childcare facility. Part of my research is um, before, before COVID, I would go into homes and I would observe the physical activity environment. So I would uh -huh. see what the, the provider would do with the kids, how much time they spent in physical activity, how much time they spent outdoors. I would also look at the quality of the neighborhood mm -hmm. um, as it pertains to physical activity. And what I found was that, especially in Baltimore City, Baltimore City providers um, 
uh, have. Uh, and when you talk of, providers, you're talking about child care providers, right? Child care providers, yeah, yeah and, and specifically home based daycare providers. So okay. these are women who provide child care in their homes and they're registered in um, the state of Maryland. They have, they could have a slide in the middle of the living room with a play a playpen with balls and the kids yeah. would just go on the slide in the middle of the living room and they were able to get That's some great. physical activity in that way but we also have to understand I mean, maybe i should all, try that yeah <laughs> yeah i mean i just thought it was so creative because you have to remember baltimore city is a lot of row homes and there isn't a lot of space for right. children to play in the backyards these are home-based daycare providers and also we have issues around not having adequate uh, 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 physical um, environment to help children walk, you know, take long walks. You know, some of our sidewalks don't even have proper street lights in Baltimore yeah, right. City. Mm -hmm. And so we have these disparities in just structural disparities in Baltimore City that, um, you know, uh, affects whether or not a child can take long walks with their child care provider, or even just having a nearby park that the provider can take the kids to. So, you know, there, there are many, um, I, what I found is that providers are creative. However, we mm -hmm. can do better to help cultivate physical activity to support parents and children. But I know you're also working on an app, aren't you? Uh, yes, yes. So, so what about that? Yeah, so this app, um, it's, the provisional name is called My Family Child Care. This is just a small pilot right now that we're testing out, um, but we've developed a suite of games um, around social emotional learning for kids. We're also going to develop nutrition games to sort of um, uh, increase nutrition knowledge and literacy among young kids. And this app, uh, we also provided um, self-care uh, wellness tips for providers and parents through push notification. And all of this is sort of to create some type of social network between providers and parents so that they can sort of, um, you know, have wellness messaging, have self-care tips while they're taking care of their young ones. And then the young ones have access to social emotional learning games, as well as nutrition games, early literacy games and math games. So it's a tool to um, create a social network for the providers and parents and for the children. That's great. I can't wait to, to hear more about that. Yeah. Come back on the show, Lucene. Yes, I have to yeah. come back. Because right now we're, we're actively recruiting for um, uh, this app project. We, we need a cohort of about 30 providers and parents to test out the app, to see what they like about it, to see what they don't like about it so we can make some changes. Well, thank you, Lucene. Lucene is a public health nurse and researcher at the Johns Hopkins School of Nursing. We really appreciate having you on the show. Oh, thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to this episode of On The Pulse. If you enjoyed this podcast, please share it with someone you know and subscribe through Apple, Stitcher, Google Play, or Spotify. Be sure to also check out our On the Pulse blog and Facebook Live series. You can learn more about the Johns Hopkins School of Nursing at nursing.jhu.edu. Thanks again for listening.